In every generation, there are chosen queers. We alone will stand against the cisheads, the straights, and the forces of darkness. We are the Gayers. Hello, and welcome to We Are the Gayers. Happy full flower moon, everyone. Today, we are talking about Buffy Season 4, Episode 3, Harsh Light of Day, because this is a fully spoiled, moon-linked Buffy podcast that is released in order of how much we like the seasons. So we started with season four. That's where we are. Um, welcome. Welcome to our chaos. I hope you're enjoying it. Um, if you are enjoying it, please take a minute to leave us a review and five stars on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us because it helps other people decide that they want to listen to this show. And since this show is still just a little baby, we don't have hardly any reviews yet. So it would be super helpful. And also, it makes me and Jesse really happy to read that you really like our show. So double bonus, you get to bring more people in and you get to know that you gave us a smile. Yeah, so we would really appreciate that. Um, and also, if you like what you hear, you should check out our other podcasts, including our brand new podcast, The Gaily Planet, where we talk about media that we love. Definitely follow that feed if you like talking about fun things, because this summer we are doing summer camp, where we talk about campy movies all summer long. So find all of the information about everything that we do on our website, hashtag ruthless.com or and or on our Instagram at hashtag ruthless pods. Um, and just so you know, making these podcasts is both my and Jesse's full time jobs. Uh, we make four podcasts and every single thing that goes into making those is done by just the two of us. From running our social media to editing the show to answering your emails all of it, ordering the merch, f sending out the merch, every single piece. Um, there's no one helping. So if you like helping queer weirdos pay their bills, consider joining our Patreon. Um, there's a ton of episodes of this podcast waiting for you there because it started two and a half years ago on Patreon. And also all of the episodes are longer there. There's bonus content in them. This episode specifically will be about seven minutes longer on Patreon than it is in this feed. So yeah, that's at patreon.com slash hashtag ruthless if you want to support us there. I think that that's everything. We will be back on June 3rd for the full Strawberry Moon with Fear Itself. And now let's get into the episode. Hello, and welcome to We Are the Gayers, a podcast where a couple of sorcerers talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I am Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Jesse Blount, and today we are talking about episode three of season four, Harsh Light of Day. Uh, so Buffy's curly vibing with Parker and really getting into his sensitive emo boy thing. And turns out that high school mean girl Harmony is a vampire now who is inexplicably dating Spite, who himself is in town to get the Gem of Amora, a fountain of immortality for vampires who are already immortal. Uh, Anya returns from getting the fuck out of Dodge before the mayor's botch ascension to Bone Xander. Buffy finds out that Spike, about Spike being back in town, when he and Harmony end up crashing some shitty college house party that Buffy and Parker go to, and Harmony spills the deets about the gem. 
And because this is a very special, a.k.a. horny episode, uh, Harmony and Spike Bone, Anya and Xander Bone, and Buffy and Parker Bone. Everyone gets some, except neither uh, Buffy, Anya, or Harmony have a great morning after because every dude in this episode, except for Oz and Giles, are complete douche waffles to all of these hot ladies. Spike finds the crypt he's been digging for that contains the gem, but... Harmony ends up fighting at first, which we find out when Spike attempts to spike Harmony in a rage, and she lives. Sadly for Buffy, Parker is just preying on freshman girls and does, like, not want a relationship, which he claims he was upfront about, but very much was not. Buffy, already having a terrible time, which only gets worse when Spike, unkillable with the gem, strolls out into the sunny Sunnydale campus to both taunt and kill her, which fails because he has the foresight of an overstimulated chihuahua. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Buffy, victorious, and now owning one ring of one gem of Amora, takes this ring to Angel, which, ugh. And if you want to know how that goes, watch Angel the Series, Episode 3, Season 1. In the end, though, we just see all of our ladies reflecting sadly about their potential terrible dating choices. Yes. Um, let's see. So listeners, as you all know, we've been re-recording the first few episodes of this podcast as we release them to the public feed after it having been Patreon only because in the beginning we had a third host and then didn't have time to continue having three hosts. So we just wanted it to be like seamless for you. Anyway, this is the last one that we're re-recording. The next one, you will be graced by the presence of our wonderful friend, Theo. Um, And then after that, it'll be back to just me and Jesse. But all of the episodes you'll be hearing starting next moon are from two years ago. And that means that if you join our Patreon, there are two years worth of podcast episodes for you to binge. So yeah. (laughs) Definitely I feel like definitely worth your um, time and money as we are, since it's been two years, we've watched all of season four and we are currently like a third of the way through season two. Yep. Um, I know this is the single most confusing podcast situation (laughs) that any of you could, could imagine, but like, that's fine because we're still providing you with wonderful content, even if it is confusingly done. Um, so yeah, just a reminder that this is a fully spoiled podcast and listeners come with me now as we enter the bronze where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. Uh, do you want me to start? I would love for you to start. (laughs) (laughs) So Parker Abrams is a complete shit stain. I just want to state that, but The fact that he has a line where it's like, don't you hate guys who are dark and brooding, give me love types, is both the funniest thing, because it's just basically shots fired on Angel. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. (laughs) The look on Buffy's face is priceless. Um, yeah, my first thing is also from that conversation, but it's the, like, asking each other about their scars conversation, which is just, like, the most quintessential YA 
melodramatic media kind of thing, you know? I feel like I've read that conversation in like a dozen low-quality melodramatic YA books. Yeah. Um, It's the kind of thing that like literally never happens in real life, but like always happens in media and then gives the like hopeless romantic teens false ideas of what it's going to be like to be in a relationship. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I don't think I've literally ever asked anyone about their scars. I'm like, this is rude as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you're, in a romantic <laughs> At least not until you've been with them for a while. Um, this isn't in my notes, but I really suspect that Buffy's scar from the master or from Angel or whoever the fuck that is, uh, is only they only put that makeup there if they're gonna point it out. Because I feel like 100%. the rest of the time it's never there. <laughs> never. Not ever. It's only it's only it's only there for um, if it's relevant for the episode. Mm-hmm. I don't think they even like let it like taper off. Like it's not there in the next episode. It's just like cool. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. So Biff naked playing a little <laughs> frat party. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I mean they had. Hits on the radio. I mean, at the very least, they'd be they would be playing at the student-run Sunnydale College coffee shop, and not just some random house party. Or the bronze. Or the bronze. Realistically, the bronze. So yeah, an actual venue. Yeah, maybe one of them went there. Or it's like someone's brother is like, "Can you just come play at my house party?" Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's the only thing we can possibly. It's super weird that they're just like here, but almost never do the bands that play in this show get named in the show. But they have like a big banner behind them, so at least this was a like. There's some reciprocity taking place here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I hope maybe they were just fans of the show. I don't know, but <laughs> um, I just want to point out that. Uh, poor Willow. This is, like, the second time she's been terrorized by a blonde vampire in, like, probably roughly a year, because she gets <laughs> terrorized by Spike <laughs> last season. Um, and I'm like... When he kidnaps her? Yeah. I mean, obviously he doesn't bite her. And, like, he also harasses her again, as we <laughs> as we find out in a couple episodes from now. And I'm like... I think it really puts into perspective Willow's... Uh, leveling up as a witch. Because I think after a while, it's like, okay, I'm fucking tired of all these goddamn vampires picking on me. (laughs) (laughs) And like, singling me out. Fuck it. (laughs) Yeah. And I like, I feel like I can't blame Willow for that. Because like, I mean, after a while, she just becomes, as we all know, very powerful. And it's like, yeah, vampires aren't really gonna fuck with you like that anymore. (laughs) No, at some point, everyone... Everyone who's tapped into, you know, the dark forces can, quote unquote, smell the fact that she's incredibly powerful. So, like, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to fuck with her at that point. When does she stake a vampire with a pencil that she's levitating? What episode is that? I think that's in... I don't remember if it's in season 
Okay, so season two is when she finds out that she has, like, witchy powers. So I would think it's season three. It's probably season three. Yeah. It's so good. That's, like, so cool. Anyway, it's not relevant right now. (laughs) So I love that Buffy in, like, floundering for an explanation of this scar on her neck says that it was an angry puppy because Angel is a puppy. Um, and that's like what Willow calls him in the alternate universe. Vampire Willow calls him the puppy. And it just feels really, it just feels really nice. Like a nice yeah. little package that they have, have handed me. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Even without bringing the episode into account, I feel like angry puppy is a good way to describe yeah. <laughs> Angel in the show. Yeah. Yeah, I just, okay. I want to ask you how you think Spike and Harmony met. Probably at Willie's. That's my guess. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a guess? I mean, it definitely involved a lot of alcohol, so I'm also sort of assuming at a bar. Because yeah. considering how Spike X in season three, when Ducilla leaves him, I just assume that he was really wasted and like woke up from like a bender to find Harmony being like, so you're my boyfriend now. He's just mm-hmm. like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Yeah. So I my next one is also a question for you, which is, is... Parker's dad dead. Mm. I think it's a lie. I don't think he's dead. Uh, he might be like estranged from him in some capacity, but his dad is definitely not dead. <laughs> okay, that's what I think too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just and maybe just because I have not attempted to pick up that it's that many heterosexual dudes but i really cannot imagine someone genuinely using like their one of their dead parents to pick up girls <laughs> totally um which isn't to say it doesn't happen but i just think i i mean i think he's lying i think he's clearly being disingenuous about it um he probably does not have a good relationship with his dad because he, he wouldn't say that and then have his dad show up at like homecoming or some shit yeah or his dad lives like in Connecticut or something, you know, yeah. and like isn't gonna yeah. come. Well, I mean, also, he's like, it sounds like when we like later when he comes up again, when like Forrest and Riley are talking about Buffy, it sounds like he only goes after freshmen. So like the only thing his dad would probably show up for would be like his graduation. And yeah. he's already significantly older than all of these girls that he's going after. Yeah. And like he's already viscerally betrayed them it's not like it's gonna hurt them more to find out that his dad is alive necessarily because it's like already a lie and who cares if it's based in an actual dead parent or not so yeah i actually don't think he even cares if his dad shows that's probably true that's probably true what a prick yeah (laughs) yeah just truly just Steaming pile of dog shit of a person. Yeah. Okay. I I do think it's funny, though, 
that Parker's at this party and does not notice this dude between Spike and Harmony with a gapping, bleeding neck wound. <laughs> I know. Like, sir, if if you if it was clear that you were drunk, that would be one thing. But like, you're not drinking because you're a predator. <laughs> so like, you know, you're not gonna be drunk, but like, really? <laughs> That, yeah, that guy's, like, gray and, like, clearly about to pass out. And, like, where does he go? Because he gets thrown at Parker and then <laughs> Buffy leaves and we come back and Parker's by himself. Did he just be like, ew, and, like, set that guy down somewhere and, like, oh, walk away? Probably, because... Oh, my God. I think, because, okay, I do think he's the kind of person who, like... I don't know if he, like, either just, like, didn't notice because he's just too into himself or, like, noticed and just, like, didn't care because he just doesn't have basic empathy for other people. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's more concerned about, is this, like, weird British dude your ex? Oh, my God. <laughs> that he, Fuck that. <laughs> that he is about this clearly dying person. <laughs> Oh man, Parker. And it's and it's like it's not even a thing where like I don't think that he would be like wouldn't know that that dude was in some kind of distress because as someone who went to a lot of drunken college house parties, like it doesn't take long to tell if someone isn't okay <laughs> because mm-hmm. they've like had too much to drink or are on who knows what kind of drugs and like not having a good time. Like it doesn't take that much. To learn what that looks like when it's like your fellow 19 and 20 year olds. So it's not even that he like wouldn't have known. It's like it doesn't like, you know, something's fucked up and you just don't give a shit. I know. (sighs) Seriously. What a prick. I know. Um, I'm actually done with this segment. All right. For whatever reason, uh, I like love the line when Spike is like, everyone's staying in the lair, that means that means you two harm. You're an indoor kitty now, and maybe mm-hmm. because the pandemic is just being me being like becoming an indoor cat. <laughs> but I'm just like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a very it's a very good line. It also like I don't know, it just works so perfectly for like who Harmony is yeah. as a person. It, yeah, it really it really is. And then my last thing is also about Harmony. Which is, and maybe, so like, part of the sort of joy of this episode is the harmony that we knew in high school being basically the same as Harmony the Vampire. Mm -hmm. And so it's really funny to me that Harmony is completely unfazed when the Scoobies show up in the, like, whatever that dude's crypt is where like she's been crying because spike tried to murder her and just isn't like oh why is the high school librarian here with a steak she's just like (sighs) (laughs) like she just that's such a good point i didn't think about that at all (laughs) i I love this season i literally didn't notice it until this watch i'm like it must like isn't that weird because like especially since we're watching season two it's like harmony knows even if she never went to the high school, to Sunnydale High Library, that Giles is a librarian. And isn't it weird for you to be like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <sighs> oh, 
Do you think, wait a second, do you think that he basically had to like come out as being a demon fighter to like the student body when they set up the defenses against the mayor? Because he was one of the like four leaders. What is it called? The the people in charge in the army. General. He's one of the generals. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Thank you. Um, I guess that's true. It is. I have actually always wondered, like, how that whole conversation must have gone down for, like, the students and the parents who weren't there and, like, Giles. So I don't, I don't know. I think on some point, kind of, especially because it's very clear by the end of season three that it's basically an open secret that Buffy is a vampire and demon slayer. Right. (laughs) So maybe it's just one of those sort of, like, open secrets where it's like, man, I can't find any copies of the bluest eye in the library, but there sure are a lot of texts about how to kill demons. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the only sort of in world explanation I can come up with for why Harmony wouldn't be phased by that. Yeah. And I mean, and now that we're talking about it also probably a little bit with, You know, she was friends with Cordelia and obviously Cordelia knew much more. It's hard to say how much Cordelia knew versus a lot. I think Cordelia was like one of the people in the student body that knew more than like your average student, maybe. Yeah, she was a Scooby. She was a Scooby. So maybe, so maybe it's. She knew everything. Wait, hang on. (laughs) Sorry. I guess I was just thinking compared to like someone like Jonathan, who clearly is also a witch, so clearly knew also stuff but like if you weren't a scooby and you weren't magically inclined like i don't know if you're just like you know worked on the yearbook <laughs> like what all the weird shit is sunny del high like how you processed that right 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 yes but harmony knew cordelia like they were buds so i it does make me wonder how much harmony how much cordelia filtered to harmony mm-hmm. and the rest of the cordettes is that what her friend group was called mm-hmm. okay I mean, enough for her to not die before graduation day, at least. True. Welcome to the cemetery where we talk about character development. Um, And I want to just stay on Harmony. Yeah, great. She's she's actually the first person I have here, too. Obviously. She's so great. Yeah, folks, this is a pro-Harmony podcast. (laughs) That wasn't obvious for the like several minutes we've been in-depth talking about her. She's so great. I love that her, like, small talk or whatever, when it's like, Willow, oh my god. She's like, I haven't seen you since graduation. Big snake, huh? (laughs) Love that, because she's I, she's genuinely being, like, weird, right? Who would have thought that the mayor would have turned into a giant snake and eaten the principal and a bunch of other people, right? It's so fucking good. <laughs> it's also just such a, like, uh, understatement of, like, everything that is implied within, like, the story of the big snake. It's, oh my god, I fucking, I just, I just love her. Yeah, I... I seriously love Harmony. And on a textual analysis level, I especially love Harmony because I think I think Harmony is like an excellent example of the disproving this idea that 
the vampire like kills a person when they become a vampire and there's nothing of the person left. And I'm like, that's always seemed like some bullshit to me. Number one, mm-hmm. uh, especially whenever Angel is like, oh, the person doesn't remain. And I'm like, no, you were just a shitty dude when you're alive and you continue <laughs> to be a shitty dude until you had to have some sort of consciousness, consciousness and empathy shoved into your literally shoved into your body. So, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, like Harmony, except for having to eat people like is the same is in a lot of the ways the same character that she has been. Yeah, just more confident. Yeah, like she is more confident. She doesn't have the same fears that a uh, attractive young woman has anymore because she is physically power, <laughs> physically powerful, and like essentially immortal. Like, you know, she is halfway there of living her best life. Um, yeah. Uh, don't take people who are mean to you and seem not to like you. Yeah. Um, as much as I sort of ship harmony and spike uh i do think that like <laughs> he is so garbage to her in this episode it's like oh no girl you could find i mean i guess obviously a lot of the vampires in you probably suck but uh lol but mm-hmm. and i mean those cheekbones yes but like this is not a hundred year love story happening my dear no no <laughs> right I think the note that I took was like uh, on on everyone's part like why why is Spike with her if he hates her and like I don't know I mean I think I can see like what Harmony is getting out of it because she is like a new vampire and Spike is this like very well respected not new vampire but she's like way too fucking good for him I am such a Spike fan but like she she is too good for him. No, same. And I mean, I think and I think part of it for me, what makes it what makes their relationship, especially in this episode, not completely despicable is that we see Harmony dishing it out to him also. And even though she's like a younger vampire. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's like really stretching it dangerous yeah because i feel like that was a lot of what was used to like discredit amber heard was like yeah but she was also a jerk sometimes Mm. let me rephrase this i think you're right and that there's obviously some things that she is getting out of the situation and we do see her take back some control in this relationship though and even though she is a young vampire i mean she is still a very capable vampire and capable of surviving without spike you know so it's it feels sort of like she's here because he's a hot older dude (laughs) Mm -hmm. but as we'll see later on like she doesn't need him and she's very capable of finding and controlling minions on her own so yeah yeah it's just it's a shitty rebound relationship for spike and again harmony is too good for him but She's definitely getting something out of the relationship. Yeah. Um, I will say that I don't know if we see it in this episode, but I mean, Harmony has moved into this layer. Like she has her unicorn poster up and I feel like the vibe of their bedroom is definitely, I think, Harmony being like, this is my vision of what I want. And Spike being like, yeah, okay. Because 
We see what Spike, how Spike lives when he is by himself. And we've seen how Spike lives when he's with Drusilla. And I just feel like he is like, oh, well, just part of the thing is you just set up the bedroom like my girlfriend wants it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even though he is being such an asshole to her. That room is gorgeous. It is It is incredible. It is 110% for Harmony's pleasure. Yes. I mean, Spike does like a, a drapey curtain and like a fancy bed, but yes, this is... Yeah. This is definitely Harmony's version of that. Shit. What was I going to say? Oh, the unicorn poster that I got you one of. It <laughs> is... I'll have to take a photo of it because it is currently hanging up in my gallery wall of my hallway. <laughs> I will see if I can remember where I bought it so I can put it in the show notes if other people also want to own Harmony's unicorn poster. It is It is an excellent poster. I feel like Spike rolls his eyes at it, but Harmony fucking loves it. <laughs> yes. It's probably yes. from her childhood bedroom. Probably. And I don't know. I don't know if Harmony's the type to have murdered her parents. I feel like probably not. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Although her parents probably do suck. They're probably like, you know, your quintessential, like, wealthy, hands-off, always too busy for their kids' parents. Yeah. Counterpoint, they might still be supporting her financially. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. She probably has a trust fund. Harmony always looks good. And, I mean, clearly we can assume that vampires get a lot of their clothing from stealing and murdering but i really just feel like hermione hermione jesus i really (laughs) just feel like harmony has an allowance from her parents and she's still like uh no i'm just gonna go to the store and buy my clothing i don't want to take these kmart jeans from this victim no thank you spike (laughs) no i think that Because she says, can we eat a doctor so we can get a stethoscope? I think that she is very selectively choosing her victims Mm -hmm. so that she can take things. Or like she's eating like department store clerks. That's true. Or not department store. She would never shop at a department store. Sorry, I take that back. Unless it was like Nordstrom's. Yeah, it'd be like Macy's. Yeah. But I I would also believe that Harmony doesn't realize there are stores for medical equipment. And is like, the only place I've seen a stethoscope is on a doctor. So clearly I have to go (laughs) eat one in order to acquire a stethoscope. And I say that with love, you know, I'm glad that 2022 is like, everyone's like, every 90s bimbo character is incredible. And I feel like Harmony is in that vein and I love her for it. Um, Yeah. So anyway... Love a bimbo character. It's especially if you're a person like me who thinks too much. And I'm like, man, if I could just be <laughs> empty headed and be like, la 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 la. <laughs> how, how great. <laughs> that sounds lovely. <laughs> Seriously. Yes. Uh, um, look, the part where Spike rips that necklace off of that corpse and Harmony goes, ew, like you're too good to work a class. <laughs> so good. It's like, <laughs> I don't know why that line is so good, but that line is so good. It's, oh my God, I just love her. I just love her. Okay. Is that, should we move on to someone else? We should move on to someone else. Um. So Anya is here and great and not so great in some ways, but that's for later. I feel like, 
Okay, so clearly Anya is our neurodivergent queen. And I feel like she walks into the situation, I mean, into Giles' house, which is number one, also very funny, to be like, why aren't we dating? And Xandra's confused. But I'm like, if Anya is watching teen movies to be like, how the fuck do I teen girl? She's like, we're dating according to every teen movie. <laughs> right. We went to prom together. So like, we're basically in a relationship. And because Anya has spent so much time as a demon, I'm like, this is this is where she's getting her information about how to person. So I'm like, I understand, I think, where she is coming from with this. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I like how honest she is about she's like this is my understanding of how things work and like this is not how things are working and Mm. like i don't i don't get why it's not going that way which like is how i communicate it's not i think easy to feel comfortable communicating that way and I guess I should probably qualify that. Like, that's how I communicate with my partner. That's not how I communicate with, like, the rest of the world because it's, like, not received well. And I just really respect that Anya's, like, stating what her needs are. Again, it gets a little complicated, but that's for a later segment. Yeah. I do also want to point out that whatever media Anya is consuming to figure this out, She's like, I also brought in a way of, an array of condoms. And I'm like, look at that preparedness. I know. <laughs> Welcome to April Fool, where we talk about fashion. And I just realized that when we added this segment originally, which was not in this I don't actually remember when we added this segment, but we explained why we called it this, and we have not yet, in like this iteration that will be going out, oh. explained why it's called this, and it's a very deep cut reference. So maybe we should explain. I think we- <laughs> yes, we should definitely explain. Uh, all right. So as you've noticed, all of our s- segments are locations in Sunnydale. And April Fools is actually the clothing store that Cordelia works at in season three. Um, and I believe is where I think she gets her prom dress there too. Yes. So it shows up, I think, in two episodes of season three. Uh Harmony makes a mention of, I think, stealing from there in a later I don't think it's this season, maybe it's season five, at a later point. Um, like offhandedly. But Yes, this is the Sunnydale, the Sunnydale upscale boutique clothing store and prom dress store. So um, anyway, yes. Yeah, so that's what that's why this segment is called this. And um, there's some looks in this episode. There are there are definitely some looks. Yeah. What is your take on this like frilly off the shoulder thing that Buffy is wearing at the bronze? I have it in my nose just the question mark so I'm just kind of like what is happening because it's like she pairs it with a like leather or pleather skirt and I'm just like what is happening <laughs> yeah Buffy is never dressed for the same thing on the top and the bottom I feel like her outfits are always like those little books that you flip for like yeah you can like match up different things right especially because like three seconds later Oz and Willow are outside wearing sheepskin lined coats <laughs> 
Yes, Buffy does put a coat on when mm. they're leaving, but yeah. it does not look like a particularly warm coat. Yeah. And then Devin, who we see briefly, is wearing a crop chop and a sparkly jacket, which I love immediately. I love it too. <laughs> and I'm like, it's very funny the idea that he and Cordelia used to do. Is it him and Cordelia? Yeah, they totally did. Um, and also him and Harmony, but she was too shallow for him. <laughs> which is also funny. Maybe she was coming to bite Devin and found Willow and Austin. Oh, maybe. Um, I think Devin probably was able to date popular girls by being the lead singer of the only band at Sunnydale High. That's the only explanation, because he's a totally different genre of person (laughs) than Cordelia and Harmony. Especially, I don't remember how often we see Devin actually in the show, but yeah, this like American flag crop top (laughs) is very much like are you bisexual? Because, like, this is the late 90s when dudes were not wearing crop tops anymore. Yeah, I mean, probably. <sighs> I hope so. Me too. Um, Willow's coat is great. I think that's a different coat like that than the one that we usually see her wearing. That one, like, goes all the way to the ground and is embroidered and honestly looks like it's for, like, sweden in february (laughs) and not you know southern california in early october yeah no i actually really like willow's coat and obviously like oz's coat the fact that it's very complimentary is both very cute and also a little ridiculous but i love it (laughs) they're having a real like siblings are dating kind of vibe this episode (laughs) (laughs) oh no um but yes, uh, it is cute. I also want to point out the jacket that Harmony is wearing in this scene. When she runs away, it is tied in a knot at the back, <laughs> which I'm like, wow, I forgot about the 90s thing of just tying your tops in random knots at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just have like Harmony as like her own thing. One thing, because like. I don't love the first thing that she's wearing, though, like red and pink, but everything that she wears after that is impeccable. She is, I fucking, I love everything that she has on. She's just so well-dressed. She has such good taste. I love her. Yeah, she is really, she's really winning at the dressing as a vampire. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously it's like, I think probably just similar to her style only in, black and pink and red because it's like you're a vampire now everyone just wears (laughs) a lot of black (laughs) but she's still wearing a lot of pastels like she wears that like baby blue satin thing and then that like lavender lilac corset that she's wearing very briefly and then she changes and i'm like why did you change that was so hot yeah she looks so good in that And listeners, just a reminder that we do make a little screenshot uh, gallery on our on the the episode website if you want to be reminded of what all of the outfits we're talking about are. Yeah, sometimes we just don't do it justice. You just let you have to see it. Yeah, yeah. And like, yes, especially, especially everything Harmony is wearing in this episode is just it's so 10 good. 10. It's really good. 
Um, maybe she just incorporated more more red to uh, be complimentary with Spike, who only wears yeah. black and red, essentially. Yeah. Sometimes he wears a dark blue every mm-hmm. once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not not a fashion thing, but I actually think that Anya looks really good with dark hair. Hmm. I think there's some point this season where she is like blonde and then she just like never really goes back or like light brown. Her hair changes color quite a lot. I think that she looks good with dark hair. I just don't. I think I don't like it straight. Like I mm. like her hair curly. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Buffy wears a good shirt. Top. That halter thing is. She looks good in that that she wears to the party. Is this the wait? I just have the pale blue top over the camisole. Wait, is that the right thing? Mm. No, no, the like black. Tiny, tiny, tiny black halter top that she wears to the party where they run into Spike and Harmony. All right. I remember this now. I feel like you can't go wrong with a black halter top. I don't know. Right. So. But whenever Buffy wears something good, I feel like we have to congratulate her. (laughs) (laughs) I feel just like mad. It just takes them so long to be like, oh, you could just fit in with the color scheme of the show and not wear the most you say ridiculous. this all the time with like such hope as if Buffy's outfits ever get better and I I think that you might be disappointed as we I think I think they get I think it's simpler I think yeah maybe I make it simpler in both the like color scheme and the cuts in the way that like is fine and I think that doesn't happen until like season five we'll find out going forward but yeah whenever we get there <laughs> we will find out um Speaking of whenever someone wears a good thing, I feel like Willow was wearing a very good yellow graphic tee. Yes, great shirt. Uh, I'm just like, it's just pleasantly surprising, especially in this season. But yeah. Agreed. Welcome to the Hellmouth, where we talk about things that are fucked up. Do you want to start with Anya? We can start with Anya. All right. So listeners, you know, the Hellmouth is its own built-in trigger warning, but I think that a lot of people viewing the show are viewing it through the eyes of the writers who do not see this as the kind of fucked up that we see it as. And so I'm going to give an additional content warning that we're about to talk about sexual assault. And if you don't want to hear about that, check the show notes for when to fast forward to. Cool. Um... What Anya does in this episode is, I don't know if assault is the right word, but like coercion. Yeah, I was about to say, I feel like coercion is the correct word, which is. But what would we call it if Xander walked into Anya's room and took all of his clothes off and was like, take your clothes off now? I feel like I would still say it was coercion. Coercion. Then yes, let's go with that. Um, it, and, and yes, so this is sexual coercion. Like, I don't even, I don't like Xander consents eventually, which is never a good Can you meaningfully consent in that situation? I mean, he could tell her to leave. He could leave. He could throw a blanket over her and be like, I, this is not what is happening. So, I mean, it feels shitty because it just feels like a, oh, like, oh, like, okay, all right. 
whatever sort of consent, which isn't like enthusiastic consent, obviously. So it's always very much like, oh, mm, oh that's not because clearly you've been talking about it for a while. And clearly Xander has been like, uh, no, I don't actually want to do this with you right now. Yeah, I mean, right, because I think that he, like, does say no, and she doesn't respect that, and as fucked up on its own as his, like, I'm turning into a woman as I say this comment is, like, ew, Xander, no, but, like, that makes it really clear that he feels emasculated by not wanting to have sex with her in that moment and so i think this is a the patriarchy hurts everyone moment because is he consenting because he's consenting or because he's ashamed to not consent and then we also have to take into account that xander has been sexually assaulted by faith by the inca mummy girl by the praying mantis teacher at this point all of which is like feeding into his internal response to what's going on. I just don't know if Xander can meaningfully consent to this situation. Like, I think that might have been taken away, maybe not explicitly and only by Anya, but like through both society and his history sort of just like wearing him down. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, (laughs) I mean, full stop. I really, you know, can't really, I feel like I don't know what to say besides yes you are correct um and especially it seems like given Xander's history he would like to have an emotional connection with someone before having sex with them and it does just kind of feel like he's like all right we can do this just stop bothering <laughs> just go and then you can go away <laughs> you know Yeah, I mean, and the fact that he says this is still more romantic than Faith, I think is a very clear indicator that that experience is, like, coming up for him in that moment, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, the vibes are sort of the same, where it's like, uh, oh, well, dudes always want to have sex, so we should have sex. And it's like, uh, I, I guess, but, like, could we talk can we date first can we have a can we like not just go on i i don't really want to do the whole one night stand thing but i guess it's happening because that's what the patriarchy tells me i should want and like yeah um and from one form of sexual coercion to another if you feel ready to move on to parker uh yeah i and i feel like i've stolen this off of the internet potentially incorrectly but i have them in my nose my notes as uh sex pest fake soft boy okay i mean but really he is like he is a he is a predator <laughs> like he is a okay well like number one like he is clearly only interested in preying on freshman girls who are like 17 or 18 and like this is like their first time away from home and the fact that like he has scripts to like get get these girls to come to bed with him and then he can be like oh i only want to be casual like deuces and it's like that's not at all you're like you know that you're leading these girls on just for them to like have oh, sex yeah. with you potentially for the first time and like that's fucked up dude yeah mr all of my scars are emotional it's like 
Some of your scars should be physical because someone should bash you in the face with a bottle because what you're doing is or, disgusting. Uh, caveman club. Maybe. Or caveman club. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, I think that this is like a really good example because it's inarguable. Buffy meaningfully consents to this sex with Parker but, like, under false pretenses. Yeah. Which, like, retroactively cancels out the consent. Like, she wouldn't have slept with him if she had known the conditions that he was bringing to the encounter. Yeah. Which is a level of nuance that, like, honestly is kind of miraculous that they even, like, explored in... 1999 or 2000 whenever this was yeah. whenever this came out uh this was written by jane espison who has written some excellent episodes and some very not excellent episodes in case <laughs> that helps and i think what is really like what makes parker like such a fucking sex pest is that i feel like he knows that if, if there are that if he ever met any young women who had more relationship experiences and were maybe better able to sort of realize his, that his, like this like mind game he's playing, um, which doesn't necessarily always come with being older. Like I'm sure there were some freshman girls who'd be like, uh, no, fuck you, dude. <laughs> you know? Right. So, um, but I think the fact that he's going for freshman girls is a much less likely, you know, where the odds of him meeting a girl who's maybe either dated one or two dudes and has maybe had sex with one dude in her life, if at all, means that when he's getting fake deep with them, they're going to be like, man, I really feel a connection. This is really what, I, you know, this is the kind of thing that I wanted when I was like, I'm going to go to college and date like college dudes and not like shitty, gross high school dudes. And it's just like he's just playing into it consciously is just... So gross. Because he could be, because he could be open and be like, I just want to meet girls and have a like one night stand. He could, there are totally girls who'd be like, great, that sounds cool. We can just, you know, we could have sex. I got to go back to the library afterwards. I got to study for this exam. Great. But that's not what he wants. Like he wants to play these mind games with these young women. And I'm just like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the power. It, yeah, it's the power that he's getting off on, you know, yeah. this like sense of having won, you know, like, I think it feels like a game to him. So every time they're like, oh, I'm making a choice, I'm seducing you, I'm, ma- I'm yeah. in charge. And he's just like, yeah, that's that's the part that he wants, I think, more even than the sex itself. Yeah. And like, and I think you're right. This is actually surprisingly like nuanced take on like consent and like sexual relationships and sort of like whatever that area between like sex pest and sexual predator is like he's sort of in that area because it's like these girls are consenting but he's fucking with them and it's just like oh i i mean i i think that he's a predator because he's manipulating people into having sex like again you can't you can't meaningfully consent to having sex in a false premise, you know? If mm. you think that you're, like, 
dating someone. You're spending every day together. You're like, holy shit, we're like falling in love. That's the condition under which I'm consenting to have sex with someone. And then he's like, oh, no, actually, like all of that was just to get you to have sex with me. And now we're done. Like your consent didn't matter, you know, which like is very complicated. But like it's kind of I don't know, it's like falls into the same category as, you know, pretending to be someone else so that someone will have sex with you you know yeah yeah it just it's bad yeah welcome to the magic box where we rant about stuff i have a a rant about Parker, <laughs> that does not okay. have to do with him, with any uh, Hellmouthy stuff, which is I, I would bet every dollar that I have that that sex was mediocre and Buffy did not come. Oh, totally. And I think for folks who are listening, um, who are going to be surprised by our enthusiastic like of Riley this season, this is kind of <laughs> part of it. Where it's like Buffy's coming off of this like on again, off again, tortured relationship with Angel. And then this shit happens to her. It's like, let Buffy fuck someone who is nice to her and who is like attractive and at the very least is going to like touch her clip. So. Yeah, totally. Riley is such a service bottom. and Oh, yeah, totally. Buffy deserves that more than anything. <laughs> she sure does. <laughs> like, let Buffy fuck some dude who's like on a bunch of weird steroids to make him, you know, his endurance out of control to hunt vampires. Good for her. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think that's the opposite of what steroids actually do. But um, hopefully whatever drugs they're giving him don't don't have the effect that steroids have. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, yes, I'm so excited for Buffy to date Riley and to have so much sex with Riley. Um, it's exact. I'm sure it's like an incredibly healing experience for her. And like Riley is very much a uh, emotional open book, and he's like, "Let me tell you all about my family in Iowa." And it's yeah. like, you mean I don't have to look at 300-year-old watcher researcher diaries to figure out anything <laughs> about you? Wow, this is refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> um, okay, so I love the interaction between Buffy, Parker, Spike, and Harmony at this party. <laughs> it's so... <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. And you like everything about it. You're like, oh, yeah, Buffy and Spike are going to make such a good couple someday. They're because they're so equal, you know? Okay. So Spike says, let's have a look at the new boy. And then like, sorry first parker's like hey i'm parker and spike just looks at his hand and then turns to buffy and then right he's like let's have a look at the new boy it's like eyes parker up and down and goes 
I like him. He's got vulnerability. (laughs) (laughs) And Buffy is like, and you're with Harmony. What? Did you lose a (laughs) bit? It's so mean! It's so mean. Oh, I fucking love it. I love it so much. And the fact that Harmony's just like, hey! (laughs) (laughs) After she, like, legitimately hurt Buffy's feelings with, I can't even remember, oh, her outfit dig. Nice outfit last year. (laughs) They're all just, it's so good. It's everyone's being so shitty and petty and I fucking love it. I know it's so good. And part of just like, what is happening? It's like, just go sit down somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Let the big kids play. You're mm-hmm. not, you're not qualified to be here. Parker. Yeah. And I, I do also love the second part of this where Buffy's like, oh, did you still dump you against Spike? It's like, no, maybe I left her. Then Harmony's like, uh, no, she dumped him for a chaos demon. He's like a, a fungus a, demon. A fungus demon. That's all he cries. It's like all he talks about some days. <laughs> and I'm like, the perfect, just like back and forth, like truly having Harmony continue on the show as a vampire is such a gift. <laughs> yes. She's one of the few things about Angel the series that I really liked. Yeah, no, she's just, she's truly a gift wherever, wherever she goes. It's your turn. Um, <laughs> I feel like I like shouldn't even talk about how it's ridiculous that no one is on campus for a Buffy and Spike's fight because I feel like every episode I'm just like there would literally this you literally wouldn't be on campus in the middle of a sunny day and there'd be no one around <laughs> except for Xander really he doesn't even go here <laughs> he's looking for Buffy he is looking for Buffy but I don't know I just again it'd be so funny to just have someone like eating their lunch on the quad and being like should I call campus security like what is going on with these two like <laughs> Yeah, agreed. Um, so, you know, in We Are the Gayers time, you and I are currently talking about season two, and we're like deep in Spike and Drusilla territory, right? And so in the scene where Spike's got Ryan, his architect friend, uh, like pinned to the table, and Harmony comes up and is like nibbling on his shoulder, All I could think about was the fact that, you know, with Spike and Harmony, it's like very awkward. Spike is very annoyed. All of the minions are like, oh, my God, these two. But if it had been Drusilla who had walked up and like started nibbling on Spike's shoulder, he would have kept Ryan pinned down and him and Drew would have been having a moment Mm -hmm. and Ryan would have felt somehow more humiliated. (laughs) You know? Yes! And it's just, it's such a stark comparison, given that, like, we're watching this, having, like, the last We Are The Gayers recording that we did was, like, about Spike and Drew, like, fucking without fucking and making everyone around them feel like they're the ones doing something wrong, you know? Yeah. It is, you're right, truly wild. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's, you know, it's how you know it's not love. <laughs> with with harmony? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's just lust and loneliness. Yeah. 
<laughs> Which again, poor Harmony. You deserve better, girl. Yes. I only have one more thing. Cool, me too. All right, so if you haven't figured it out by now, I'm not the biggest fan of Angel. At least on this show, I think he actually is a much more interesting character on Angel the series, but that's beside the point. What I want to bring up specifically for this episode is my annoyance of Buffy for giving the Gem of Amora to Angel, who has, like, so the Gem of Amora makes vampires impossible to slay and they can go outside in the sunlight. So they're even more immortal and untouchable than before. And you give this to your ex, who you know has a soul that has a clause in it that it could be removed, really, not at any time, but possibly at some point in the future. And then you send it to him, which number one, I'm like, I mean, I don't know what else you do with it. We could have just put it in a safe, in a safe, in a lockbox in a bank somewhere, maybe, I don't know, and then destroyed it later. Who knows? Even destroying it would have been better. And then Angel, fucking Angel takes this shit, this gift, and he could have been like, you know what, Buffy, we could really like be together now. Like we could make this work long distance. No, he, this motherfucker throws it into the fucking sea. Yeah. And I'm just like, what was the point of this? Obviously, you know, in the show, you don't want to have your, you know, if if Angel is unkillable, there's no drama to any of the shit that he does. You know, if Buffy, if him and Buffy could have just gotten back together, then that totally defeats a person who's ever been having a spinoff for Angel in the first place. That's fine. I'm just frustrated by this (laughs) completely. Just, and like the fact that even Giles is like, yeah, this is fine. Giles, Angela's fucking tortured you and killed your girlfriend. And you're like, fine with giving your, having your Slayer do this. I just, it just makes me so angry. I feel you. I do. I, and this is not the time for me to like go on my rant about how Angel's never going to lose his soul again. Fair. But I don't think that Angel can lose his soul again. Because once you know that it can go away by being happy... You can never get that happy again. That's true. You <laughs> are correct. Built in. But yeah. the show doesn't believe that. And in the universe of the show, his soul is still quite vulnerable, which is just silly. Yeah. Because it like just doesn't take into account how human minds work. But like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you're totally, I mean, for sure. The part where Angel throws it into the sea is especially like... Yeah, it's so disrespectful. (laughs) Yeah, I think at some point I'm just going to have a larger rant about part of why I dislike Buffy and Angel's relationship is how much slack they give Angel and thus how much negative slack they end up giving Spike when him and Buffy have a relationship and just how connected those things are and how Mm. frustrated it makes me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And this is one of those things where I'm just like... I bet you wish you had this fucking three seasons from now when Spike puts on an amulet and fucking turns into dust to destroy Sunnydale, close the Hellmouth. Hmm. Maybe if you hadn't given no, this shit to me Angel. you so sad. Sorry. Stop talking. <laughs> I'm just saying, this is some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I'm so much more upset about it than I was 25 seconds sorry, ago. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't. I'm just so angry about that shit. <laughs> No, as you should be. Uh, and just go to the sexy stuff, then. Wait, no, I have oh, one, sorry. one more rant. So, as you pointed out in your intro, Sp- what did you say? He has, like, the planning skills of a 
<laughs> chihuahua or something. Uh, yeah, uh, an overstimulated chihuahua. Yes. Yes. So, like, obviously, what what a newbie, just ridiculous move to be like, here's my ring, like it w- spike. So, like, he's been in this crypt full of jewelry, right? I, if Spike had an ounce of logic, A, he would have put that ring on one of his toes inside his combat boots. Yes. B, he should have worn all of the jewelry. (laughs) He should have had that tiara on, the necklace on, every ring he can find, everything in that crypt. Buffy is just like pulling gems off, trying to find the right one desperately. Like, come on, Spike. Think for one second. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Buffy would be dead if he had thought for one second, and that would be sad for the show. Yeah. But, like, come on, man. Yeah. It was it was a plan that was clearly doomed to fail. Yes. Which, I mean, makes sense in the fact that Drusilla left him because of his huge crush on Buffy. So <laughs> there was clearly a part of him that didn't actually want to kill her. But it's just True. like, you know, it'll look good in the sunlight, Buffy Summers. And it's like, dude, <laughs> you find the fucking vampire holy grail and you fuck it up because you want to see what Buffy looks like in the sunlight. Okay, dude, whatever. True. You should have just left to take Harmony to France. Exactly. Welcome to Spike's Crypt, where we talk about sexy stuff. Um, This is the first time we see Spike shirtless. It will definitely not be the last time. And what a gift to us all. Yes. <laughs> Along with his sexy panther crawl of sex. It's just like... Yeah, that scene is very hot. Bless you, JNS, for giving for being like... <laughs> Spike is going to be shirtless wearing tight jeans and he's just going to just like sexy crawl his way up to Harmony. I'm like, yes, thank you. Perfect. They may be a terrible couple, but fuck do they look good together. That's what I have to say. Yeah. I mean, pretty sure that like out of everyone who's having sex in this episode, this is maybe the, you know, this is the one time that I don't think Spike is being mean to her. (laughs) True. Yes. I don't know how good their sex can be because I think they're both bratty bottoms. But like... <laughs> they're probably at least both getting off. So Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Maybe not as like 100% fulfilling. I Right. I think neither of them are like quite getting what they need. But I think that they're still like probably having decent sex. Yeah. Um, just not like optimal sex. Yeah. It's sort of like... The difference between, like, Cool Whip and Whipped Cream, where it's like, (laughs) they're both great, but (laughs) let's be real about the flavor of whipped cream versus (laughs) the the flavor and mouthfeel of whipped cream with real, made with real cream versus, like, Cool Whip. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's perfect. Yeah. Especially because Spike's like, chains, like, you could, you could chain me up. And Harmony's like, ew. It's like, oh. (laughs) Especially because I think she thinks that he wants to chain her up, and you're like, Harmony, no, that's not that's not who. The yeah, chains the, are the chains for. are for him. <laughs> Clearly, yeah, yeah. That was well. I guess I do have one other thing here. So far, Buffy is 
two for two for having sex on red sheets, which is interesting. Is the show just like really convinced that like red is the sexiest sheet color that one can have? Maybe. I assume it was just also just like the really strong uh, parallels to her having sex with Angel to her having sex with Parker because Riley just definitely does not have red sheets. He is, I think he has like blue sheets. Like I think they're, they're blue. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, I mean, I think black sheets are sexier, but also if you have white animals, it's game over because nothing is, <laughs> is less sexy than having your black sheets covered in white pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, true, I say, as a person who only wears black and is constantly covered in white pet fur. Yeah, um, I mean, I had, I, I used to own black sheets, and but like Winnie is, uh, there's a lot of white fur, and it's just, it really just kind of, it kind of like ruins the effect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of We Are the Gayers. And next time we will be talking about season four, episode four, Fear Itself. Uh, Remember to check our show notes for information about where to find us on the internet. And until next time. It's the hell mouth, bitch. Like what? (laughs) What?